This is episode 113 of the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today, Valerie Ormond, author of the Believing in Horses series, returns to the show. Saddle up for a conversation on revisiting a series after seven years away, the importance of winning awards, and how trips to various dude ranches inspired Valerie to write her newest book, Believing in Horses Out West. Valerie retired as a Navy captain after a 25-year career as a naval intelligence officer and then founded her own business, Veteran Writing Services, LLC, providing companies and organizations professional writing, editing, and consulting services. Valerie's first two novels, Believing in Horses and Believing in Horses 2, won eight national and international awards, including gold medals in the Military Writers Society of America Book Awards. Her most recent novel, Believing in Horses Out West, won first place in the National Federation of Press Women's at Large Communication Contest and is currently being judged in the national competition. Her fiction and nonfiction stories and poems have been published in eight books, and her articles have appeared internationally in magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Now, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews with equestrian authors who love all things horses and writing about them. In each episode, you'll hear inspirational stories from horse book authors, including writing advice and marketing tips to help you write your very own horse book. If you're an author, aspire to be an author, or simply love horse books, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Cade, and creative writing makes my spurs jingle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today, Valerie Ormond is returning to the show. Hi, Valerie. Welcome. Hey, Carly. It's great to be back, and uh, good to see you again. I'm so excited to have you on the show. We have a new development in your book series to talk about, which is very exciting. Valerie's been on the show before, and we had a great conversation, and this time we have a new book. But before I jump into the questions about your books, Valerie, any cool development since we've last talked in your horsey world? Well, I still have the three horses. So, at, at, and especially having one at 29, that's a, that's a pretty good, uh, that's <laughs> being incredible. able to say that is a, is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've kind of uh, stopped competing, which has been a very cool development for me. Mm. So I, you know, just enjoying the horses and trail riding and, and uh, you know, riding them here and there. And, and uh, we had, one of our horses, Lucky, the star of the books, he was injured, had a suspensory injury in both both hind legs. And the vet told us, you know, he'd never be a riding horse again and he'd never never recover. But fortunately, my husband is uh, tenacious <laughs> and a very hard worker and uh, rehabilitated him in two years. And we tried these um, kind of um, new uh, braces that, 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 they, that horsepower puts out wow. and he's recovered. So, and we're riding him again. So oh it's, my it's, that's, gosh. it's a great, great news story, which, you know, started as a very bad news story because he was our youngest horse and our show you horse and just, uh, so that's a good news story. I am so happy to hear that. I mean, when, when something goes wrong with our fur babies, it certainly mm -hmm. can rock our world. And you mentioned braces. 
So, so yeah. did, what, what did your husband do with the braces? Did they actually strap them to the back legs or? Right. We, we now have a friend borrowing them because she, one of her horse has a suspensory issue too. And they just happen to be like exactly the same size. And I told her, I said, they're really easy to use. If you can build an airplane, you can use these things <laughs> because they are very, and my husband happens to be a pilot. He's very handy, but uh, the, the, they strap to the bottom legs, but there are a lot of steps and it has to be put it at this angle for this much time. And this has to go here, this has to go there. I mean, they come with very good directions and everything, but if you're not sort of mechanically inclined, they may not be the easiest thing to do. So I was again, very lucky that I had somebody who who could do that. And I mean, he showed me how to do it and I did do it, but uh, he was definitely carried the huge bulk of the effort. It's called Horsepower is the company. So and if anybody wants to look at it, uh, I, I can I can send you a link for the show notes if you want. It's because it really is kind of revolutionary. It's new and they did a lot of research and and it uh, saved our horse. So that's my one data point. Wow, that's fantastic. And I will certainly include that in the show notes because you know, who knows? It, yeah. I mean, it, this development and technology that can help our horses get through something like a suspensory injury is really incredible. Uh, so people will definitely want to know about that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I I love that you said that you've kind of taken a step back from competition and you are just enjoying the horses. I, in fact, have done that now that my horses are, or that Sissy's gotten a lot older, I've taken a step back. I try, I tried it out. I dipped my toe in and I decided, you know, I think I'm having more fun just trail riding and being with them and exploring new different avenues rather than the the show world. Uh, Why did you decide to take a step back? Well, lucky obviously was, was injured. I'm sure that had something to do with it. Yeah. Well, I, I I wasn't really a huge competitor anyhow. I Mm -hmm. I just, uh, I was in the national capital adult equestrian league around here for nine years and that's where barns compete against other barns. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, sort of like the kids do but adults do it and so it was really really pretty fun but uh, I just came to a point where I didn't want to jump anymore (laughs) and you had to jump to compete and and I just I said you know what this is uh, it's it's everything has its time I took it and you know we get these signs from somewhere and I, I took a pretty hard fall off of one of the horses while we were practicing because you don't ride your own horses in this comp- oh. these competitions. It wasn't a competition. It was a it was a practice. And and I said, you know, this there's really a message here. <laughs> the funny part of that story is I will go on and say that. So I ended up picking up dressage instead, and I went to my first show with Lucky dressage show, and he tripped and fell. <laughs> And I fell. And that was the first time I had ever fallen in competition. So, uh, you know, you never know, but I didn't get hurt. So it's Mm -hmm. just kind of a funny story. Goodness. But yeah. And the signs, right. So good Mm -hmm. on you for noticing the signs and saying, okay, let me, let me look at this and really take a step back and and decide what's right for me and my animals. I think that's, that's a really fabulous thing. Sometimes we don't pay attention to those things and we blow through and we just keep running, you know, full speed. And then then something happens so you yeah. were wise to take a step back and take a yeah. look yeah and, and I had a good good show you know times with Lucky and I finally showed Chance my my old guy the one I told you about the 29 year old he had a really nice show we got two ribbons and oh. and uh, it was it was very fun and so I just said okay you know what what what, what else do I need to do that's fantastic. That is that's the perfect end note, right? The 29-year-old and two ribbon or a few ribbons, you can't <laughs> beat that at all. That's lovely. Yeah. 
And then I, I love what you're up to. You are the CEO of your own company. You're an author. You do a lot of writing and, and you do a lot within the military. I was able to advance read your, your newest book before it came out. I really love the angle that you're, you're taking your series. But before we jump into the new book, talk to us a little bit about how many books you've written so far and how many books you think will be in your Believing in Horses series. Well, my my uh, first book was Believing in Horses, and I guess I should show uh, you know, show and tell. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> so here's uh, Believing in Horses, and this book was uh, focused on uh, rescuing rescuing horses. So the the young girl in here uh, comes to a, she gets his new horse Lucky, and he's a handful, kind of like the girl right here. <laughs> got the horse lucky he was a handful <laughs> no, anyhow uh, but, well but while she was looking for him she came across these uh, 10 horses in a in an auction pen that, that needed to be rescued so her her mission is to how is she going to save these 10 horses oh and she's 12 years old mm-hmm. so that's that's what that book is about uh believing in horses too there <laughs> this one is about equine therapy there we go yeah and um, you see down there, the, there's a saluting man and, and this horse, and that's because the, uh, you know, her father's in Afghanistan. She's in a military family, and that started in the first book. Towards the end of that second book, I, the first book, there's something that happens that kind of scares her, and so thinking about her father. So she, by the second book, she's she says, you know, I need to do something to distract myself from all this. So she ends up deciding she's going to show in the biggest show series in Maryland, but then while she's checking on one of the rescue horses, she that she saved from the first book, she is uh, introduced to equine therapy. And so she says, wow, this is pretty neat too. I'm gonna do everything I can. So she, that, that's what she does in, in, in that book. And uh, she all, she wants to make her dad proud when he comes back from Afghanistan. <laughs> so um, now the series, the whole series is right now I plan. So I did the, the third book. I know we're gonna talk about the third book. Right now I'm, I'm planning on five in this series because in the, in the first book, she saved 10 horses. So I've already accounted for <laughs> in the first three books, five of them. And so I've worked out the next next book is going to be about the thoroughbreds, mm-hmm. the two thoroughbreds she saved. And I have a really great angle for that. I want to have her take them one to the retired racehorse project. Actually know the founder of that and was at the very first one that was here in, in Maryland. So that, that's the first one and the next one. And then the last one's going to be about the ponies, and it's mm-hmm. going to turn out that they're Chincoteague ponies. Oh. And, uh, and in the in between, I haven't figured out in which book, there's one of them became a police horse. And so there's going to be a, somehow that one's going to work its way into either one of the books. We're going to find out that, that he's okay too. So that's it for now. And, I, and the thing is, you know, I live here in Maryland, Chincoteague's right up the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started reading the Misty of Chincoteague books way back when, and it was a great inspiration. So I think it's fun to have that come kind of full circle and sort of a, a salute to Marguerite Henry. Both of these books are going to be fun coming up. That's fantastic. I love that you're planning out and extending the series. I love your main character. She's so feisty and <laughs> there's always such a positive message inside the books and the, the things that you cover with horses. I mean, how fun is that? And uh, now, Believing in Horses Out West. This this one was close to my heart because it was all about the, the Western lifestyle and there were cute cowboys and, and, you know, great horses. And so why don't you go ahead and tell us about the third book in the series, uh, Believing in Horses Out West. 
Okay. You know, Sadie Navarro, she is the main character in the first two, and she's the one who rescued the horses. And so uh, she finds out that one of the rescue horses, Sonny, a mare, quarter horse mare, Palomino mare, is heading uh, to a ranch in Montana that she knows nothing about. And and uh, so she uh, decides, well, she, she gets help from her, her dad and her mom, and they end up going out to, it's a dude ranch is where she's going to go out there to check on the mayor, just to make sure she's okay, and you know, make, make her feel better, because she felt like she kind of had uh, lost track of the mayor, <laughs> which she really didn't, but you know, she's 14 by now, and so that's, that's, that, that's what happens, so she goes out to the dude ranch out there, she meets some friends, but boys and girls and learns about the ranch life and also uh, encounters a mystery that she needs to solve. Mm-hmm. So, it was, um, it was awesome. And the family supports her and all her endeavors around the horses. So they had a really cool family vacation and, and they brought the grandma along on top of everything else. And she was, she was part of the sleuth, the sleuthing with Katie. <laughs> so I, I, I love that family dynamic that you intertwined with it with it too tell us about the cover what inspired the cover design of this book all right well I'll show you the cover and uh so it's it's lovely we you and I've talked a lot about silhouettes in in the past I like to let my readers figure out what the character looks like so but this one is the first time I've self-published so I had to kind of figure it out on my own and I I knew I just knew to go to the experts, so I did. <laughs> and I found Christine Horner, the book cover whisperer via Income Spark. That was, you know, she was one of their recommended people. There's, you know, there's a lot of them, but I just looked at what she had done and something about, I just liked the way she presented herself. Turned out she was wonderful to work with. I ended up sending her some book covers. I told her what I wanted. I told her what the story was about really not much more than the blurb. She said, that's that's usually what works best for me is, is just that. <laughs> and uh, I there was a, like, I sent her some art, like Tim Cox art. You're probably- Oh, I love Tim him. Cox yes. art. Oh my gosh. Have you seen the one of the the cowgirl like uh, riding a, a, like a paint horse, like across the-, the... That's the one I sent to her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I yeah. love that picture. Yeah. I do too. And I said, you know, I, I know I can't afford to buy this for- <laughs> But anyhow, so that that was a very, very much an inspiration. And and then, you know, she was, well, you know, graphic designers, they're so amazing. Like, uh, you know, the thing is on here, like on here, the like the old Western font you see there, like, you know, like an old Western movie and this little curly cue thing in there, just which which also goes through the interior. So just things like that. And, and she did it. She was great to work with. You know, talk about, you know, good, you're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and different tweaks and and. Uh, and I just, I didn't really expect the, I just expected the interior to look like a book, <laughs> but she did a lot of, you know, really neat touches that, 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 that made it just more than, more than I could have hoped for. So oh, fantastic. So she, she's the, the book cover whisperer. Is that, is right. That yeah. I'll send you her link too. Yeah. We'll put that, that in the so, show notes, but, yeah. so, but she also did your interior formatting. It sounds like, mm-hmm. is that, so she yes. did the whole thing. This is the value of working with a designer, right? I mean, look at how mm-hmm. pleased you are. You made an investment mm-hmm. in your book. You got a cover that you love and, and the interior you're really mm-hmm. happy with too. So it's, it's worth the investment to work mm-hmm. with a designer on our books. And right. I think you, she captured it perfectly. And I love that you used Tim Cox art as an example of, of it. He does yeah. really beautiful Western lifestyle horse art. Um, does, I'll yeah. probably put a link in the show notes to that. Too, <laughs> his stuff is really beautiful. Yeah. And, and, you know, and something I know that we've talked about, I've heard other people talk about it on, on your show too, but, but I'll just reiterate it is, 
I know I could have learned all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just it, it, if because the way I write, you know, how long it takes me in between books. So you know, seven years between books, right? <laughs> Do you think any of this is going to be the same in seven years? No, so, so, yeah. so, so it's it's not like if I learned it, I could just repeat it, you know, just oh, go mm-hmm. pick it back up. Yeah. So, I, I, it was just, you know, you need to you need to make decisions about what you can do and what you want to do and what you maybe is best to leave to the professions. So, very wise words of wisdom there. Yes, like you know, learn what you can, but you don't have to do it all yourself. There's other people out there that you can invest with. That can help you through the process. Fantastic advice. Now, you mentioned uh, you decided to go the independent publishing route with this book. Why did you make that decision to switch? Because you were with the publisher for the first two. Yes, basically, you know, the publisher was very small press. I, I in episode forty-two, I talked about the good things, you know, and and so the founder was president was kind of just going in a different direction. You know, he's become a mental health professional and that that's his full-time job. So it wasn't going to move at the speed of how, what I, what I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And also, honestly, I have to say, because I listened to your podcast so much, I kept hearing over and over again, you know, all these other people could do it. And, and I'd been in business, you know, at that point for, for seven years, you know, I'd figured out a lot of things in business kind of things. And I kind of knew the marketing. And I, I just said, you know what, I, I think I can do this. And I, I was almost like a proof of concept and you know, see if I could do it. And, uh, and I did. Fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, I started my own publishing company, Veterans Publishing, which I was shocked that that name wasn't taken. Uh, I know I am shocked too. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, that it falls so beautifully under the company that you own. Valerie is a CEO of her own company, Veteran Writing Services. So now that you have Veteran Publishing, I mean, you you can even open the door to having other people's books come and fall mm-hmm. under your publishing company. I mean, there's so much possibility there. That's exciting. Now I got, I have to ask you, okay, so you went from working with a publisher to doing it yourself it wasn't as hard as you thought it would be, was it? Or how, how did, how did the experience come out for you at the end? I liked having the control. Mm-hmm. That's, that was the overall, you know, setting the deadlines and knowing when I had to be done and knowing I could make decisions. And then what, and the other thing is knowing when I made those decisions, I owned them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if it is a bad decision, it's on me, you know? <laughs> so that part I really liked. And I actually liked the learning part of it. And again, there's so much advice out there and so many things. And, you know, you pick up something here and something there and take a note. And, and so, and it was rarely that I got to a point where I said, like, I just don't know what to do next. It, it was great. And, and to start with somebody else helping me, lead me along the way. And I'm very grateful for that. And I'll, you know, that, that I always will be, mm-hmm. but there comes a time where you can also say, okay, the, the training wheels are off. I, I think I can do it. Fantastic. Good for you. And it sounds like you did all the right things by educating yourself and, and mm-hmm. figuring out what to do. And I always like to say, you know, don't look at the whole, the whole big picture, take a baby step and a baby step and a baby step and a baby step. And then all of a sudden you have a book, you know, mm-hmm. learn what you need to learn and ask for help along the way. And you did that. So congratulations. Good for you. Thank you. Now you mentioned it's been, it was seven years between the last book in the series and this one. What inspired you to, to pick up the pen and, and start this series after, after that long of a break? You. 
<laughs> and you sent me an email about this before. I just think that is so lovely. And yeah, yeah. It actually is you. And I'll just tell the listeners, I was getting ready for my first interview two years ago. You, you asked me all these terrific questions and, you know, really made me think. And, and you know, I just started thinking it. And I, I kind of, I'd always said, well, you know, if I thought about it better, I could have maybe you know, set up the series. But when I started, I only thought I was going to write one book, ended up writing two. And, uh, but then it just came to me when I was answering these questions. I was like, you know what? I, I've got an idea. We, you know, she, she's going to follow up on, we're, we're going to hear the stories of what happened to all the rescue horses along the way. Mm-hmm. So, and it's like, it wasn't that hard. To, <laughs> it just took me a while to think about it. And also I've been listening to your podcast and I've just gotten a little more motivated on the creative mm-hmm. side. And uh, also, but I mentioned to my business, you know, I started my business in 2014 and everything was about the business, you know, and, and it's, I, I do technical writing and work mostly for defense contractors. And I was just really, really focused on that. And by two years ago, I'd been in business long enough where I'd sort of figured out enough things. I had my business processes down. I wasn't writing an invoice for the first time, you know, <laughs> all these things that, that take you know, time when you, when you're creating a, a business and, and uh, I, you know, I had, I had good clients that, you know, that I said, okay, well now I have some repeat business. And I said, you know, I, I can, I can carve out some time for, because my books are in part, part of my business, but it was always just kind of like a, almost like a very small part of the business. So I decided that I could carve out a little bit more time. That is fantastic. And thank you for, for your kind words. It's always nice to get that kind of feedback, but, but I, and I'm honored that our interview inspired you to pick up the pen again and, and get this book going. And, you know, did you, did you find it hard to start the book, like start writing again and reconnect with your characters uh, as after ha- having had such a long break, was it hard to start that process again or? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I did definitely I had to reread the books, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, yeah, and just say, okay, yeah, let me let me get everything straight. And I took all kinds of notes and everything because you know, you, you it's funny because when you just get done with a book, and I'm sure the other authors out there can relate to this, like you just feel like you know every word in that book, and you're never going to ever forget it. You know, but you know, it's funny you go back and you read it, and you're like, oh, I forgot about that. You know, so um, I, I I did have to do that, but um, I yeah, the thing is, I I think I. I know my characters well enough that mm-hmm. that you know picking up where they left off was but it is my main character Sadie she ages in this right mm-hmm. so she starts at 12 she turns 13 she turns 14 so you know people particularly at that age you change a little bit so so parts of the character change so so I didn't have too hard of a time with that and also you know I do a lot of writing besides my you know technical writing and work writing I, I do a lot of belong to writing groups I do prompts I write short stories for for uh, other books and magazines and think, write articles for magazines so so it's not like I, I just didn't pick up the pen I just hadn't been writing on on these books mm-hmm. so and also I, lo- I love creating new characters and so there was a lot of new characters in this book and a lot of them were based on on uh, people that I that I knew that I met at dude ranches and things like that. So that was very fun to kind of create some of those new characters that are you know small characters, but maybe make an impression in somebody's mind. Mm-hmm. And they, they certainly did. I, I love the new characters and and the the roles that you gave them and and their behaviors it was very very fun. And then how did you research for this book? I think you mentioned you've been to dude ranches, so obviously that that was part of the the pie was putting that together but how did you make sure you were in the right right space with the western lingo well i i love western i i ride western and i i 
but since I grew up in Maryland, you know, Maryland is the, I started English as a kid. Mm-hmm. And when I came back from California, I, I, in 2004, you know, pretty much English and dressage sense, except for trail riding. I still do Western trail riding. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, spend one year showing Lucky uh, Western pleasure and Western horsemanship oh, cool. at, that, at that big show place arena up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, well, he was four. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, remember, I talked about the challenging young horse. You know, yes. So, and, yeah. and I, uh, I thought, well, maybe it'll be a little easier to start him, you know, with something a little st- saddle, a little sturdier and maybe something <laughs> a little less uh, challenging. And the, and the classes were much smaller. And, and I liked Western and he looked great. You know, he's, he's mm-hmm. a tricolor pinto. So so I, I and I'm actually certified uh, CHA certified riding instructor in Western beginning Western. So I, I know like I know the parts of the saddle <laughs> and, and how to sit and that kind of thing. But I did. Uh, go to a number of dude ranches and and ride across when I was in the Navy moving from place to place to place so usually if you're going somewhere to rent a horse they're going to throw you in a western saddle too Mm -hmm. and uh definitely the dude ranches and the three that I did I didn't realize I was doing research on at the time but uh, I went on a cattle drive in Canada uh, so cool and yeah so uh actually the Mac the kind of main guy he's that he's in in leading horses out west that he's modeled after that uh after that, that owner. And, uh, I went on the, let's say I went to a ranch in Montana and then I went on the Red Rock ride in, uh, out West in Utah and you go to Bryce Canyon, Grand Canyon. It's just phenomenal. Unbelievable. Oh. It, it takes like two years to get, to get in to it because so many people want to do it. So a lot of the research was there, you know, I mean, I, I didn't know it at the time that I was doing research, but it was, I, you know, I remember it because it was so, so unforgettable. So, and then also I, you know, did, did the online, you know, research about rodeos that was one of my real uh I mean I've been to rodeos but that was some of my real lack of knowledge mm. so I phoned a friend nice. <laughs> and, and I knew that you had done uh you know obviously I've read, I've read your books they were great and, you know all that <laughs> western stuff and rodeo and and I knew that was your discipline and I also knew that you'd started doing the, the writing coaching business mm-hmm. so I asked you know if you hey would you is it possible if you could take a look at this manual well I I asked I asked you to look at a couple specific spots in there where I I knew I just wasn't sure I had the terminology correct I mean I tried but but then uh, you, you went ahead and you looked at it and you wanted to make sure that 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 to get it all in context. So you, so you, you read the whole manuscript. So short little commercial for for Carly. She was fantastic <laughs> to work with and, uh, you know, just made it all so easy and, you know, went, went above and beyond. And, and that's, you know, I, I recommend somebody if you're doing the same thing, because, you know, horse people can sometimes be horse people right mm-hmm. <laughs> you get I remember some reading something once about some somebody got something wrong in a book and and it was just like oh my gosh I, I, this is before the whole cancel culture thing and, and, and you would have thought that this was just the you know the, the most heinous thing ever so you want to make sure you know you don't have to be an expert in everything but you want to make sure you're not saying anything that's just too off base so if you don't know about it then uh, get some help Absolutely. I, yeah, great point. You know, so if you're writing about horses and you're not sure about something, reach out, phone a friend, find somebody that can help help you that knows that terminology. Because I think I've mentioned this a couple of times before on the show, but like, you know, you 
we often grow up or, you know, where you live kind of defines your language around horses. The discipline that you grow up with defines your language with horses. As I've been doing this podcast, there are so many different things we can be doing with horses and each one, each breed, each discipline has a completely different set of language or words that we use. So it's pretty fascinating, really. So you did the right thing. And I really enjoy working with you too, Valerie. I was honored that you reached out to me to take a look at the manuscript and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I was glad I could be a help there. And I am so jealous that you've done all those amazing rides. I've been to Jackson Hole and I've gone out with an outfit up into the Tetons and stuff. And that was amazing. But like a cattle drive that's on my my bucket list, uh, the Red Ranch ride sounds Red Red Rock Ranch. Red, Red Rock, Rock Ranch ride. Red no, Rock that, ride. You're you're thinking of Brittany Joyce. I know, I <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's Red Rock ride. Yeah, and it's uh, they pick you up in Las Vegas, and it, it and you go to it's it's just it's unbelievable. So, I'm gonna put my name on the waiting list. It sounds yes. it sounds incredible. And and then and you Adam could go with you too. Oh because, great! Yeah, I mean because it's not there was a guy there who had never ridden at all. Oh, wow. Never. And that's why I put that character on my book. So, so you know, I mean, it, it is better if he can ride. And I know he does ride. But what I'm yeah. saying is it's not like, you know, you don't have to be a you know, super show rider. Like so a super experienced rider. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is so great to know. How exciting. And and that's another thing, too. It's like you never really know what experiences in life you'll go back to from your past as you're writing books. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of that served you very well as you were thinking about the storyline for for your next book. So that worked out wonderfully. And, and you've, you are doing very, very well with this book. Talk to us about some of the uh, positive, positive news that has happened around believing in horses out West. I, I know there's some awards. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been, it's been good. I've, I've got a uh, first place at the Na- national press National Federation of Press Women for the book for young adult fiction. So it was the first place. And when I say at large, I don't know if you know about National Federation of Press Women, but they different sure. states ha- yeah, different sure states have chapters. And then then I'm in the at large category because my state doesn't have a chapter. So you compete against like 18 other states and District of Columbia and the international people. And so it won first place. I was very excited about that. And uh, so then it moved to the national competition. I also wrote a short story that that was in that I submitted for that. And it was called Be Brave. And it was about Pony Express Rider. And that one won first place in that communications at largest contest for um, single short stories, whatever. Believing in Horses Out West also won a uh, second place in the Book Fest Spring 2022 awards, and it was a finalist in the International Wishing Shelf Booking Book Awards, which are really neat because that those kids judge that, and the kids of the UK judge that. So I, I found it interesting that this book about you know what here the American West would, would would resonate with with these kids. So so that was good, and, and it was a Amazon number one new release on the day it launched, and it was also a Blaze magazine for kids Goodreads. So it's had a little bit of exposure that has got to make you feel wonderful to get that kind of feedback on on a book that you you know you hadn't touched the series in seven years and here it is you know really really resonating and being successful what would you say about what awards why are awards important to an author well they're important for basically to help you get the word out about your book first of all that's that's 
probably that's to me is probably the most important because you know every time you win an award you can send out a press release or you know it's or you can put a little sticker on the cover and I've been surprised at book signings and things how many people are impressed by a shiny little you know gold sticker on a cover and, and uh, you know or when you you know award-winning author or award-winning book so it just gives it a little bit of uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. but also it's just kind of nice you know writing could be kind of lonely and we don't you remember I was saying about things like you own it you know you're not really <laughs> sure oh gosh is anybody gonna like this you know my friends like it my family likes it but uh, <laughs> yeah but it's nice to know when some kind of you know external uh, body likes it so mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's really good feedback for the author and and you know yes those little shiny stickers sure do make a difference at a book signing and and you can do that when you've won awards and then what would you say to an author that maybe is nervous about submitting their book for awards I, I and and how do you decide what you want to submit your books for those are both two really good questions what have you got to lose I guess would be you know <laughs> unless it's the fee right mm-hmm. like I, I do remember someone recommended and actually she was a publisher and she recommended I submit my book to the um, mom's choice book awards years ago and I think it was my second book I looked at it it's five hundred dollars and I said that's a lot of money to you know and am I really you know what the return on investment of books is right I mean oh definitely I I appreciated her suggestion but I just said that's that's just I'm not I'm not interested but you you really can't lose and you're you're normally going to get feedback uh most get feedback some don't but there's also different sites you can go to that that say uh you know ones to like writer beware um, Mm. Victoria Strauss's site that that kind of say, hey, don't don't go after this one. It's just a scam, or or you know, it's yeah, or or you know, yeah, everybody everybody's a winner, you know, <laughs> depending on what depending on what you want. So I, I I don't know. I would say that there's not really too much to lose except for whatever the entry fee is. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's so there. It isn't. It can be an investment, and obviously, do your research and find out if it's a credible organization. And often they do. They'll write up a sheet and give you, you know, feedback on the book, so you can understand. So that, but that's great. You know, it's like awards are a nice way to uh, build your resume when you're an mm-hmm. author and have have something to talk about, and you get that shiny little sticker for the front of your books. Yeah. <laughs> In your opinion, uh, you know, I think this is an interesting question. What do you think makes a book stand out like your book any book you know what do you think makes a book stand out so it is can be an award-winning book or so readers are really engaged with it what, what do you think are a couple important things say a, a, a few things and one of them is originality and you know mm. and characters that people can relate with and emotion when you can touch somebody's emotions when you can touch a reader's emotions but so that's all the sort of you know creative side of it but i'd say the other side too is really the writing side and the editing side so uh making sure you have all the elements of the story in there that you're not missing something along the way making sure that it's very well edited, mm-hmm. making sure that it's not repetitive and this kind of thing. And and this book, interestingly, again, I, I, I'm not a technical person per se, but I'm not a dinosaur either. <laughs> so I do try different programs to see what may work, what may be, what be, may be interesting. Like for instance, I know people love Scrivener. I tried it years ago. It, it didn't work the way my brain worked. And it just, uh, I, it I had a hard time with that too. Yeah. Yeah. So but it obviously works for a lot of people, but I tried a program called Plotter this time, P-L-O-T-T-R. 
that was kind of fun. It, it set you up like it, it has all these different ways to do things. So like, let's say you're writing the hero's journey. That's what my books are, the hero's journey kind of story. And it, you know, sort of gives you the steps along the way. And so you're saying, okay, well, I'm, I'm missing one. And, and, you know, and who are the characters here? And what's the scene? And what's the setting? And it was very fun way to kind of outline and organize. That was helpful. And also I used a program called AutoCrit. And I absolutely love this program. Autocrit it was, was, was very helpful and really helped me find things like redundancies. And, you know, we all have our little favorite words. And <laughs> Yes, I think ginger, gingerly is one of mine from my first book, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I like really, you know, but, but it's, it's, it's funny because it points these things out. It'll also t- show you pa- passive voice, active voice, you know, showing versus telling, help me find some of those things in a very unemotional way. I also have a very fun, like community, you know, mm-hmm. like writers community. They do things all the time. They have a YouTube channel. They have, you know, workshops. They have, it's, 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 uh, I wish I had more time. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. You, Valerie is amazing at sniffing out new opportunities or different things. Like she always, she's lovely. She sends me emails. She's like, have you checked out this? Have you seen this? So, so you always have your, you know, your nose to the ground sleuthing, like sniffing out like a, <laughs> detective dog like new things to try so thank you for mentioning those I I I have not heard of plotter or autocrit so I'm definitely going to check those out I I was an intelligence officer for 25 years so (laughs) well that would explain it so because it had been so long between books how did you do anything special to reach out to your readers this time around to let them know that the new book was coming I Facebook, I'm, you know, in a bunch of different Facebook groups, like, uh, well, there's actually one for Red Rock Ride, there's one for Red Rock Ride 2013, which is the group I went with. And, you know, so of course, I tell them because I'm like, hey, some of you guys are characters in this book, Aging Horsewomen International, uh, that Facebook group, and Sharon, the the, the owner, admin, whatever, she's fantastic. I knew her about horse books before she started the whole page, that kind of thing. So I do so, you know, Facebook advertising, you know, press releases, book signings. You did a wonderful job. I mean, I am a member of AHP, American Horse Publications, as are you. And I know that you you did a great job of informing uh, through press releases uh, how the book was doing, you know, that you sent one out when it came, you sent one out when it hit the bestseller list, you sent one out, you know, and this is all, you know, time in between, of course, not back to back mm-hmm. to back, but then you sent out another press release when it won the awards. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, your visibility has been very good. And that's a very horsey community. Everyone, yeah. you know, in and, a d- and yeah. And I saw that like Equimed had picked it up, you know, mm-hmm. that, that press release, you know, but so that's great. You know, again, mm-hmm. that's just reach reaching more readers mm-hmm. and um, that there's all more to do. I have a marketing plan. I have a very in-depth marketing plan for this book and I kind of tick off things as I can. And I did reach out to people that I knew who had been readers in the past that I, you know, personally knew. Also, some different platforms have different audiences. So I have a lot of very different group of people on LinkedIn because of that's more of my Navy background, my business background, that kind of thing. And so I put the thing about the awards, you know, they, they don't care about a book trailer on LinkedIn, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but the awards that you get, get some, and again, I, sometimes I get a lot of the people there, they're like, I didn't even know you wrote horse books, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I just try to get, get it out to as, as many different ways as possible. I actually uh, did some ads this time, uh, for one for Blaze Magazine, because they reached out to me in the, in the, in the fall. Uh, just right, right about when the book came out, and so I didn't add. It was in the Christmas edition, and oh, fantastic! And, uh, yes, and it was nice because they actually did a whole feature that time about 
kids like how to write your own horse stories and horse books and Aww. and so so it's very you know it kind of touched and then they reached out to me again and asked me if I wanted to advertise in the spring edition and their specialty is dude ranches so so I said how can I not so yeah again every now and then you have to well you don't have to but it can help if you spend a, a, a little money and see if you might get a little good greater reach oh and, and I should say to the military writers society of America we have a a nice quarterly publication and now that's a longer bigger publication and it's it's digital and so I can send them a press release and they'll just run the whole thing from start to finish and they did so that's awesome so you you did a lot I mean the thing with advertising that's smart you know it's like some advertising in in print magazines still can be very reasonable and and you Mm -hmm. pick the right spots to put your work you know it's like you're not trying to get it in like people magazine or something like that like if you really niche down and Mm -hmm. you find blaze magazine which is a perfect audience for you one the christmas edition because books make great gifts right but then also uh the spring edition that had a feature on dude ranches it doesn't get any better than that right and and i'll say this because i I know this from blaze magazine because i used to uh to help at summer the summer camp at the barn behind me is that uh blaze magazine it's it's this is again for your readers who uh authors who are writing for for kids or Mm -hmm. kids or young adult is that they take they're old magazines that don't sell. I don't think there's a better way to say it, but they distribute them to people who have summer horse camps, so oh, that the, so the horse camps can give those to to the kids when they come. And it's you know so it's so it's so what I'm saying is, you kind of get a, a it, like the spring edition may the this this year's spring edition may be going to summer campers next year. So you uh-huh. you get sort of if you put an ad in, you're getting uh, two sets of audiences. There. Yeah, that's perfect. So they repurpose their magazines. Mm-hmm. That's that's wonderful, and and they get yeah. into the right hands yet again. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And I wanted to say too, here's to our friends uh, in the horse community that lift us up. Here's to fellow authors like you were talking about. Sharon, who 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 has read your books and elevates them for you, which is fantastic within that Facebook group. I mean, who would we be without these wonderful, loyal supporters who have read our mm-hmm. books that that help prop us up? I know you do that for me. I know you do that for other authors. You review other authors' books mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and share those uh, very frequently through your social media channels and on your blog. I wanted to say, you know, I just wanted to commend you because you're incredibly supportive of the other authors in our community and you do it so well. And you're, you know, you're always sharing information and you always send thank you emails and you're just very gracious to, to work with and be friends with. So I just wanted to, to give, give you a little shout out for that. And, you know, I think we all, we all would be in a better place if we all mimic that kind of behavior. So thank you for the things that you do do for our community. Very, very supportive. Uh, And then (laughs) what? Uh, advice would you give yourself if you had to go back in time before you published your very first book? I would say this is not just then, but also to people now, I would say there is so much advice out there and so much to read and so much to listen to and so much to take in. Mm -hmm. So it's continuing education is very important, but I think it's also important to start somewhere and do something, right? Mm -hmm. So just go with what you've got and realize that you know, I can look back at my first book and say, oh boy, you know, 
<laughs> like you said, the word gingerly, right? I can look back and say the same things and like, oh, gosh, I could have done so much better. Well, okay, but it's, it's a snapshot in time, right? You, you do the best you can do at, at that point. And then, okay, yes, I mean, I've, I've grown in 12 years as an author in between. And that's, that's perfectly, that's perfectly fine. I mean, I would rather have those 12 years in between and all the good things that have happened with that first little book, than just to still be sitting here reading blog posts and emails and attending workshops about how I could be doing everything better. Mm -hmm. So that's the advice. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to do it, you know, put, put your buns in the seat and put mm -hmm. your fingers on the keyboard and just start. And there, you know, you, there's something to be said for first, you know, we, you have to have that first in order to, like you said, get better as an author mm -hmm. and each book you write, every writing project you take on, you get better and better and better, but everyone starts somewhere and you have to start and just get that first out of the way. Once you do the first, rather than being the person that says, I want to write a book, you've written a book, you know, now you've got a place to grow from. And once you've done it, you know, you've done it and then you can do it again and you can do it again and you grow through the process. So that that's really great advice. And now uh, I like to ask this one too. What's, and I know you've made a lot of investments, but what's the investment, best investment you think you've made so far in your writing career? That would be attending the Veteran Women Igniting the Spirit of Entrepreneurship Conference and program. And that was an entrepreneur program, which was the 12-week pro program where you figure out the, the business and then go to a conference and it's a you know, very intense couple of days and you, you know, try to sort of hone what it is that you've come up with as a business during that time. And then you're still in, the, I'm still in the program. So there's a lot of resources available for um, the Institute for Veteran and Military Families at Syracuse University. Uh, so, I say that's the best investment because I've, I've alluded to this before that, you know, writing books is a business mm -hmm. uh, and, or it, that's, that's the way I see it. I, it's creative. Yes, it's fun. And there's a lot of, you know, really, really great things that are, they're not business-like about it, but it, it really helped me turn around the way I looked at things. And it's helped me with a lot of things, just accounting, <laughs> uh, looking at again, return on investment. I talked about that too. And, and, uh, and, and time management, deciding where I'm, I'm going to spend my time because you, I do have a marketing plan and it's a big long, you know, if, if I was just constant trading only on the marketing plan and doing everything one thing at a time on that, I'd never get anything else done. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, you, you have to figure out wh where to spend your time wisely mm -hmm. and, and where to spend your resources wisely. So that's, that, that would be the best investment. Yeah. It sounds like a great investment. And, and, and I like, I like that you mentioned a couple of times in the interview too, is like, looking at what works for you and, and what doesn't like you know the competition like you looked at that and you're like yeah let's you know you can always go back to it right but at the moment it's not working for you you know and, and that and I would say that to any author try things if it doesn't work for you if it doesn't feel good you don't have to do it you know if, if you don't like having a, a email newsletter and, you, and it's just something you don't want to do don't do it like focus on your writing you know it's like this is all about getting books out into the world try things on. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Like, you know, if you think you should be on TikTok and you try it and you don't like it, you don't have to do it. You know, there's, there's lots of ways to reach readers and you don't have to be everywhere at all times, burning yourself, you know, at both ends of the candle in order to have a successful career. I think, I think what it just has to feel good. Right. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. And I couldn't have said it better myself because mm. the, 
Instagram. I'm still having a, you know, and it's just not my thing. And actually video, here I am, but <laughs> it is not my favorite. I see you doing videos all the time. I see others doing videos. It's it's just not me, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that comes across, right? When when you're doing things that are you don't feel you know authentic or good about, it it shows. You know, I I we talked about your wonderful series. You you're already plotting out, you know, the next two books in the series where you're going. Anything else that you're curious about with with your writing career or just in general? What are you up to? What are you thinking? It's uh, funny you ask because I had a poem I wrote actually about I think, two years ago now, and I had it published in a book last year, and I think it would make a really good song. And that's something that I've always wanted to do is uh, write a song. So I've looked at some of these songwriting workshops and things like that. So that's kind of on my back burner thing. It's just something fun and definitely not business wise. It's just something I want to do. Fantastic. And I love the thing, the thing about a song. I always, I always say if there's like this little spark and it's kind of calling you forward, that's absolutely what you have to to go for. And uh, I can't wait to hear how that goes. And I can't wait to hear it. How exciting. (laughs) What a fun new avenue to try, you know, like a whole different little bit of a different part of your brain. Like, I can just imagine you sitting in a studio and somebody's playing the guitar or maybe you, do you play an instrument? I don't. And, uh, but, but I love music and Mm -hmm. uh, it's, you may remember there's a little song and the girl writes songs in this Mm -hmm book and believing in a horse and you know I, I sat down I jotted that down in about you know two minutes so I figured well maybe maybe there's something I could try it and if it works great and if it doesn't that's that's so that's okay too and it's veteran related so mm-hmm. uh I, I think it probably resonates with a lot of people too. oh definitely well I can't wait to hear more about how that yeah. develops and that's <laughs> another thing to put under your vet, veteran publishing hub <laughs> you, know, you have, a, have a song arm also that's yeah. so cool <laughs> and Valerie again thank you for coming on the show again and sharing all these exciting updates and all the wonderful advice would you let listeners know where they can find more information about you and your books yes I'm at www.believinginhorses.com and uh, I also have a blog at ValerieOrman.com. So, and a Facebook, and I, I think all the others are in the show notes. You know, all all the, all the links to to everywhere else. But absolutely, yes, yeah, so I'll put everything where you can get to Valerie and her books in the show notes, and then all the amazing resources and information she mentioned. I'll put in the show notes along with the amazing pictures that she sent over to me, so you can get to know Valerie even better. But Valerie, thank you so much for the gift of your time and for coming on the show, and um, just. And I know I know videos like not your favorite, but you you're doing a great job and I really appreciate you you doing that for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for for the time. And I and I like I said, I I uh, I, I hope you continue your your podcast for as long as you can because it's a tremendous resource and I know I enjoy listening to it and watching it when I can. Oh, thank you so much for the feedback. And yes, I, I really enjoy this. So I, I intend on continuing as long as people are listening. Thanks for joining us this week on the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I hope you enjoy these Q&A sessions with wonderful equine authors who love all things horses and writing, just like me. Visit my website, carlycadecreative.com, where you can read the show notes. And make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of horse book authors? Gallop over to carlycadecreative.com forward slash wisdom to have author advice delivered instantly to your inbox.
If you are an author who writes about horses and would like to be spotlighted, please let me know. Visit my contact page at carlykidcreative.com to fill out a request. I'd be happy to have you on the show too. Thank you for tuning in to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. See you next time. I'm your host, Carly Cade. Creative writing makes my spurs jingle.